interaction, and that that's, that kind of got me a little bit excited. You know, I thought, no, if he if he's prepared to stay up till four o'clock in the morning, you know, maybe this is uh, definitely a place we need to look into, and then things sort of snowballed from there. Fantastic. Um, so you and Martin and Akash Chopra, you've been doing you've been doing the cricket club. Like, where do you see it going? Like, where do you how do you want to take it forward? Cricket commentary. Uh, as you as you have it on the on the on the TV, uh, is is it, it, it's. I mean, our game's moved forward so much in the last sort of 30, 40 years, and yet uh, if you listen to commentary of Richie Benno doing BBC stuff in the late sixties, mm-hmm. um, it's the, the commentary style and format is identical now. Um, you know, they've probably they've introduced an extra couple of voices. They've got their, uh, you know, their, their 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 expert, you know, that they throw to in another studio, and you know, they've got you know some cool pictures that they draw. But the format's the same. And the way that we consume media is so vastly different, and yet we're doing cricket commentary in exactly the same way. And so, mm-hmm. I've been trying to find a format, um, you know, for for years. I felt that. Um, the best, like if, if I go to the cricket, if I go and watch a cricket game, it doesn't matter whether it's watching kids play cricket or if I came to your uni and watched you guys play cricket or if I watched a test match, you know, between India and Australia mm-hmm. or if I watched the 2020 World Cup final, it doesn't matter. The way that my friends and I consume cricket mm-hmm. doesn't match in the slightest the commentary styles that you get on the television. Um, my parents used to come and watch me play cricket, you know, all over the world um, and after they'd retired. And they used to, you know, all the guys used to laugh uh, because because hours after the game they'd still be sitting in the stand reading their book, you know, because and, and, and I think that's one of the things with cricket that is appealing is that there's so much more going on. It's not just about one ball at a time. Uh, there's a big picture. There's a bigger picture uh, on offer, and I think that that is one of the appealing aspects of the game to people that know it, and one of the the, the difficult things to get to know. Like you know, when you first introduce cricket to somebody who doesn't know it, they just go, "But man, how do you sit there for so long and watch every single ball?" Well, it's not about watching every single ball. You know, it's about it's about so many things. It's about a day out with your friends. It's about sitting in the sunshine. It's about sometimes you might watch a team. Sometimes you might watch a specific player. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you might watch the batsman or the bowler. Sometimes you might just sort of sit back and 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 read a book and relax. You might not watch a ball. You might be just in the bar with your mates. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> um, this is the great thing about the game, that, that there are moments during the game that bring everybody back to what's happening out in the middle. And they're like, um, uh, you know, opportunities where we can sort of, you know, all as a crowd, as a, as a, as a, a the cricket watching public, we can all together come back and, and we're, we're, we're doing something in common again. And then we just sort of gradually then go our separate ways again, you know, and do our things that we like. You know, you're reading, I'm watching, you're scoring, I'm drinking, you're, you're talking to your girlfriend, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking at her, you know. So, um, and that's, that's what you're trying you to try that, to recreate. That's what I wanted to do. So, so with the cricket club, I thought, you know what, we'll get a bunch of guys together 
we're going to sit down while the cricket's on. There's, you know, it's it's much better if there's a game of cricket on. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, although we did a Monday show, we're going to do a Monday show now during the IPL as a, you know, as a lead into the IPL. But I think we can do a panel show as well. Basically, the the feel of the show is um, a group of people just sitting together and and um, you know having uh, a day out at the game. I'm assuming you've heard of uh, this alternative commentary team from London called the Test Match Sofa. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they're good guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> excellent. So I guess you're trying to do a similar sort of thing, but with people from all parts of the world coming together at the same time. Yeah, and also um, different differently to them. We, we don't want to do commentary. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm never sort of planning to do ball by ball. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not something that, that, that interests me. Okay. Let's, let's talk a bit about your playing career. Mm. Okay. And then we'll talk a bit about Aussie spinners mm-hmm. and where Australia as a team stands, especially mm-hmm. in tests. Mm-hmm. Okay. First of all, I'm sure this question is inevitable. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple of listeners, Pradeep and Hassan, they sent in this question. And this relates to, of course, Shane Warne. Mm-hmm. Do you ever regret being a leggy in the same era as Shane? Mm. Um, look... Lots of people just sort of assume that I do. Um, for me, um, I, I think that in Australia, certainly, um, maybe if I'd grown up somewhere else, it might have been different. But in Australia, um, the reality is that I wouldn't have played unless he'd been around because I wouldn't have played for Australia unless he'd been around because um, Australia, the culture of you know, not, not picking... Not picking spin bowlers, um, you know, to 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 be a, a match-winning sort of component of their of their attack, mm-hmm. we we would we would pick guys to you know change ends for the fast bowlers, bowl a couple of overs before stumps, a couple of overs before lunch. Um, if they picked up a couple of wickets, that was great, but they were never really considered to be you know match winners. Um, and obviously, historically, they had been in Australia. You know some. Some some amazing spin bowlers, you know, Grimmett O'Reilly, um, you know, particularly Benno. Benno, um, but but until you know in the seventies and eighties, it was just not it was not happening. Um, Shane coming along and becoming such a pivotal part of the of the attack when when he was injured or you know uh, unavailable, they they just immediately looked for. Um, somebody to replace him, and that was a huge advantage to me. If you look at the numbers, whenever you and Shane bowled together in a test match, you essentially outbowled him. Mm. Um, well, your strike rate was better. Mm. So, the, from that point of view, do you have any lingering feelings about you know maybe you should have played a lot more? I should have played a lot more. There's no doubt about that. But it's not necessarily instead of him. Mm. Um, I think um, I think it's just um, ridiculous that um, uh, we persisted, you know, in picking a team based on convention. You know, mm. two, two right arm fast bowlers, one left arm bowler, one spin bowler, one off spin bowler. You know. The, we should always be picking the. You should always be picking the fastest 
you know, strike weapons that you have available. You, the winner, winner game, you win a game by, uh, you know, taking 20 wickets. You don't, you don't win a game by having a nicely balanced team, you know, um, and, and, uh, but whenever we bowled well together, you know, um, like, I, I think we, we lost very, very few games yeah. that we played together. And, and I think that that's why I think I should have played more. I think, I think it's just, um, you know, that there's times when they thought, oh, we just can't play two leg spinners in the same side. And that's, that's a silly thing. That's, that's a, that, that's a question posed by another listener, Paratram. And, you know, what's your take on playing similar style spinners? You know, because because you all people have no reservations about playing similar style fast yeah, the well, right arm outswingers. That's right. Too. You got to you got a right arm fast bowler bowling from each end. You know, most of the time, um, and so it's just stupid. Yeah, not to consider bowling two right arm leg spinners is you know it's, it's flawed. I mean, the, the the reality is they're not going to get an opportunity to do that again for a while. So <laughs> we're not going to need to worry about it again. But. Um, it's just a shame that they shouldn't have built when I was playing. You played three ODIs, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Right? And do you think it was just the selectoral processes and the conventional thinking that led you to not playing as much as you should have uh, for, Aus- for Australia? Or there were other things that you think you could have done better or done differently? No, look, uh, my, I, was, you know, I was told very clearly that the reason I wasn't getting picked, I mean, despite the fact, I think, I don't think I think I've been knocked off now, but for a long time I had the best the best record in domestic one day cricket here in Australia. Yeah. Um, we won lots of trophies with New South Wales. Um, while I was playing, I think maybe won five or six um, domestic one day competitions. Um, and the thing is that my MO, I guess, in in uh, in one day cricket is the same as in in. You know, the longer form of the game, I was trying to get wickets. I was told by John Buchanan that you know, economy rate was the number one tool uh, for a bowler to win a, a one-day game. Um, it wasn't strike rate, and um, that I wouldn't be selected because my economy rate wasn't good enough. Hmm. So I disagreed with him, but at least I was given a, a, a reason. Um, you know, that's the reason that I didn't play. The irony for me is that I, I, I believe that players who don't get wickets still go for, I mean, nobody goes for two and a half and over in a one-day game. I mean, they're, they're, they're all around fours, and I was just high fours or fives. You know, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. And I think we've seen 2020 cricket, the, the guys that win the games are the, the spin bowlers anyway. Mm. Um, you know, and it's all about taking wickets. So, you know, I think maybe I was just ahead of my time. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps you were in uh, the recent book um, from by Gideon Haig called you know on Warren and That's he great. talks he talks about the men uh, of Warren and where he talks about you uh, McGrath Gilly and Steve Waugh comparing yourself to how Shane performed as a bowler like mm-hmm. like I'm sure you have you know it's just inevitable that when somebody that practices the same craft as you are that you perhaps compare and contrast and how you approach your work and craft and how he approached. What are your thinking yeah. at that time to how it may have changed since then? I think he probably bowled a little bit flatter than I did. He, um, 
he had a much more natural action than me, so um, I rotated a lot. My body rotation is, is significant, and that, that that was good and bad. I mean, uh, it was good because, you know, that's why I turned the ball. But the bad was because, you know, if you rotate too much, you can drag him down and bowl, you know, bad, you know, short ball, that sort of stuff. But, uh, but you know, without that rotation, I wouldn't have turned the ball half as much. So, you know, there's definitely uh, or definite upsides to it. Um, I also think that, you know, he was trying to trap people in at the crease uh, and, and that I was trying to get people caught, stumped, you know, caught, you know, slip, cover point, mm-hmm. you know, and stumped. I wasn't trying to trap people in the crease. Of and course, you had a tremendous wrong in as well. Yeah, that was sort of just something that sort of chucked in there every now and then. But I, I, I took me a long time. I, I sort of wonder whether or not I, I wasted a lot of time trying to get that right. <laughs> um, it took me a long, long time to get it to be a reasonable part of my lineup, my, 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 you know, my bowling. I mean, Shane didn't make the bowl one, so maybe I didn't. But, you know, it was cool to bowl one. They always looked cool. Another obvious difference in how you approached was, well, your approach to the crease, where mm. he would be like walking up to the crease whereas you had you were like running into the crease mm. you know running to the crease mm. so um and you know a lot of the people see shane won't walk up you know take three four steps and then let it rip mm. whereas I, you yeah. were like the more traditional leg spinner where tra- leg spinners usually approach the crease with a lot more pace yeah like I, I think people need to realize uh, what they need to remember what the runner or the approach is all about it's a preparation to bowl. And um, Shane was able to prepare to bowl by walking up, um, getting himself into the right position and getting get the momentum that he required by, by walking to the crease. Um, the majority of bowlers can't. They're actually fall to pieces because they're, 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 they need to exert way too much force and you know, to get the ball down the other end. So um, I don't. I think maybe a combination of both. You don't need to run as because you, you, you run like I did. You you run a risk of running straight to the crease. Yeah. Uh, you know the spinner spinner art. Leg spinner art is one of deception, and a lot of the times you beat the batsman in the mind rather than the movement off the pitch or the drift you get, uh, so on and so forth. So. Uh, here's a question from another listener, Gary Naylor uh, from UK, who's part of Test Match Sofa sometimes. And, you know, in your mind, how often is it that you're actually, the wickets are being taken in the air or off the pitch, and how often is it because you've mentally beaten the batsman? Mm. Shane would sort of, you know, take a lot of, I think Shane took a lot of wickets, you know, the second way. Um, but for me... Um, you know, look, some people would be nervous about coming out with that, and you know, you'd find that once you've got one, once you've got a guy out once, you, you're just getting all the time. Batsmen are different to bowlers; they they don't ever forget when they get out. Bowlers, you know, it's just another number for us most of the time. But batsmen carry a lot of baggage. Mm-hmm. Um, but when within one game, you would have to try and convince. A bowler, a batsman, that he was on top, that he was, you, you, 
you it wasn't so you don't you know, feed him bad balls or something like that. That I never did that deliberately. If I bought a bad ball, it was just an accident. Um, I, I didn't give runs away deliberately, although some people, you know, said that, you know, it was it just a huge ploy by me. It wasn't, it was just a bad ball. But what <laughs> but what what I what I did was though I would let the batsman believe that he was getting on top of me by you know, just the way I was sort of talking to him or something like that. And and um, and then, you you know, if he, if he played a beautiful cover drive off a, off a good ball and it went for four, the, the, the subtleties of variation would be to make him think that it was exactly the same delivery. Hmm. Um, and, you know, so fast balls, variations of pace should have been, should be almost imperceptible, you know, because you only have to hit the ball, you know, a centimetre off the ground and it's out. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's what I, I think, you know, um, quite often they would think it's exactly the same, you know, and, uh, you know, if they hit two or three fours in a row, if I didn't care, you know, because I didn't mind getting, I didn't uh, I didn't deliberately do it, but if I got hit for six, it didn't end in my day. Um, and, and so batsmen would sometimes expect that you would be a shattered mess if you'd been smashed. But if you just keep getting up off, the ground and you know um, going and bowling. Sometimes they just think that they have you know. And if I just kept trying to bowl my best ball, then eventually they'd get out, and that's their fault. That's nothing to do with me. They'd probably go higher out four or five times. I should never have got him out because hmm. because you know he was he was the best player of spin bowling. You know I should never have got him out. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's uh, talk a little bit about. Spin bowling currently in Australia. Um, you know, you and Warren brought back spin bowling as an attacking option, as a wicket taking option, as a you know first choice uh, bowling option, um, and probably led to uh, inspiration of a lot of young kids to take up uh, spin bowling in Australia. And here's a question that comes from James in Sydney: How long do you think before you see these kids that? probably saw you and Shane bowl to get onto the scene and get to play in the senior ranks? Well, I'm concerned they're not coming, actually, um, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, I don't think um, I don't think there are as many kids bowling. You know, it's too late now, by the way. They're, they're finished and they've got nothing to look at. Um, we, I, don't, I think we coached spin bowling very, very badly. During the nineties and two thousand, we coached it really badly. Even that goes to when I was coming through. Um, you know, I think the reason that Shane and I persisted was more to do with our personalities than to do with the coaches. And I and I would question the value of anybody who's been coaching in Australia over the last twenty years. I think that we try and manufacture not just spin bowlers, but we try and turn you know, our developing players into players have passed and that's just wrong. Uh, that's why we don't have the flair or, you know, um, you know, the individuality of some of the Asian teams um, who let their players develop a little bit more organically. And, and um, you know, I'm just sort of a little bit concerned. There's a couple of good ladies fighting around in Australia at the moment um, that are young, but I, I wouldn't want to see them playing international cricket for you know, five or six years, to be honest. Hmm. Um, I think they need to, you know, 
develop some life experience and develop some first class experience before they can even be considered the best bowler in Australia at the moment. Who's bowling spin is, is from Pakistan. Um, yeah, Fallon. He's fantastic and uh, really, you know, like enjoyed watching him bowling and and I think that he's um, got the potential to become even better. Um, and the reason he's good is it's almost nothing to do with with the fact that he bowls this speed. He's good because of his, his life experience and he's good because of, you know, um, the fact he's 30 years old. Huh. Um, so you think uh, given if he's available, then he should be on the plane to uh, Ashes? I think he'd be playing the first test in England. You know, there's a question from another listener, Matthew, originally from Victoria. Uh, mm-hmm. You talked about the development of young spinners. And it's not just in Australia. You know, what should be the kind of ideal circumstances that should be presented to these kids to develop into really good spin bowlers and one day play tests for the country? Well, people talk about fields a lot. You know, the fields set by captains. Um, I think a lot of that responsibility actually comes to the player as well, you know. Um, you can't just blame your captain and say, oh, you know, my captain doesn't support me. That, that's, that's not... That's, it's, it's your game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I believe what you need to do is you need to or you present a case for, to the captain. And what you do is you 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 have to first of all identify your best ball, mm-hmm. um, and then how that best ball will take your wickets. Um, so so you know, you know for me as I said, you know my best ball hopefully legs in bowl legs in. Uh, Hit the top of I four, top of the corner of the bat. So it's uh, you know the important fields when they're a slip, wicket keeper, point, maybe short cover and a mid off, and then the rest of the fieldsmen can go wherever they want. <laughs> I really don't care. And that well, in that way, the captain gets an opportunity to set a field that keeps the runs down, um, and you still can concentrate on taking your wickets and. If you set up an environment where a player can do that, um, then you know you'll allow him to, you know, maximise his um, his potential to take wickets and win your games. Beyond uh, Matt's situation itself, you know, uh, let's say when you were growing up, what were the kinds of influences in your development as a spinner? You know, not just in a match, but in the nets and coaching or whatever. Growing up in your club, whatever. What are the sort of influences that I, are good? Yeah, look, I talk, I talk about that, that that best ball. You know, you you have to. Your best ball is not one that's straight. It's not it's not one that doesn't bounce twice. Your best ball is the one that's most likely to take a wicket, um, and that's what people have to concentrate on doing. You know, when you talk about swinging the ball a lot, or spinning the ball a lot, mm. or bowling fast. You have to do something that is likely to take a wicket. And it's not taking a wicket every ball. It's like if I bowl that ball three, four, five times, is it eventually going to get me a wicket? Mm-hmm. And that's that's the question. So you have to encourage the kids to spin the ball hard. Don't worry about where the ball's going. You know, try and work out why it's not going straight, but don't necessarily change what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to be bowling, you want to be spinning the ball as hard as you possibly can. 
um, that, that's the most important thing. You've got to you've got to take wicket You've got to take wickets, otherwise you're wasting your time. <laughs> so, who are the influential people uh, and the circumstances that you were in to that allowed you to become the spinner that you were? Oh, look, my, you know, my dad bowled leg spin, but, you know, so I, you know, I guess, but he didn't, it was very different to me, he didn't, didn't really turn the ball a lot, and, but he liked bowling leg spin, so that's why I bowled it, but I didn't really copy anyone, um, um, uh, you know, I, I, I guess what I liked in cricket was taking wickets, and, um, you know, I like my, my favourite cricket player was Dennis Lilly, so, you know, if I could have been a fast bowler, I would have. <laughs> um, and I think that the thing I liked about any bowler was uh, I never, I was, you're the only bits you remember are the wickets. Yeah. Uh, I, I just don't understand these people that run in and, you know, are concerned about, you know, not bowling a bad ball. Like, the bad balls only become a problem if that's all you've got. <laughs> Talking about the current lot of Aussie spinners, you know, you, you know, since since your retirement and um, before that, uh, Shane Warnes, you know, you've had this whole bunch, maybe probably twelve spinners that played. Yeah. Well. So what is your take on how the Australian selection committee has gone about in terms of bringing in the spinners, nurturing them, letting them develop? Well, I think you know they've done a really bad job. There's no no doubt about that. That that. They've picked guys that weren't ready. They've picked guys that, I mean, David Doherty is a perfect example. Mm. He, he's played first-class cricket for 10 years and his average is 46. Yeah. Um, his strike rate is 90. There's no, there, there is no way that guy is going to win you a test match. It's not fair to him to, to throw him into a test match and expect him to win you a game. Mm. It, it's just not fair because he, he's not, I mean, I think he's one of our best one-day bowlers. Mm-hmm. And and that and I mean I mean that undeservedly. I think he's you know he's possibly been our most consistently well performed one day bowler in the last three or four years. So, um, but in Test cricket, um, you know, look, I'm not surprised he's got now. He's played. I think he's played four Tests now. His strike rate's ninety, and he's got six wickets. That's that's pretty much a summation of where he should be. So mm-hmm. probably he did quite well. Um, for what he's got, um, I think the people that pick a guy like that is, you know, are, are just, you know, they're just delusional. They don't, they don't, they don't understand what they're doing, and, and and that's really quite disappointing. When you look at the selection panel, they should know, um, but they just think they're smarter than you know convention. The the, the reality is, you've got to take twenty wickets, you know, right. and, and that's what you need to be looking at. Um, um, the young guys that we. I mean, even Nathan Lyon. Nathan Lyon has the capacity to win test matches for Australia. He's done it before. Um, and I think he's got three, five wickets now, and, and it means he can do it. You know, um, that's pretty cool. Um, the, the, the thing that I don't understand is why they would then ask him and encourage him to run through the overs. Um, you know, right. try, and get, try and get through the overs. He was literally running between deliveries. Yeah. Um, in Sydney and Adelaide on days when he should be trying to, you know, um, be the leading wicket taker. He was running in between balls to get back to his mark. Um, that's just terrible. And 
you know, one of the main selectors is Michael Clark. He's standing at first slip and he never said a word. For the last two years, Nathan Lyon has been the number one spinner in mm -hmm. Australia. And after that one test match in Chennai where Dhoni scores a double hundred, he was, I quote, uh, dropped for, to fix some technical things. And then they played Dhoni, Maxwell. Uh, yeah, of course, Australia has still a very good set of fast bowlers. But it seems like... Uh, Beyond Fawad Ahmed, there's no proper spinning talent. And well, whatever that is available, they're not picking the right people either. Well, look, I'm, I'm happy to... I'm happy to... Because um, there were no technical issues with Baker Line. There were, there, were, there were tactical issues with Baker Line, and they weren't his... You know, they were affecting his bowling. But he was being told to do stuff that, you know, is ridiculous. Mm. And consequently, it affected his pace and it affected the line that he was bowling. Um, you know, if you watch his first test match on YouTube against Sri Lanka, mm -hmm. and he's hitting the top of off stump. Um, that's Nathan Lyon, you know, and, and he wasn't bowling like that, and, and, and so they dropped him. They picked him two tests later, and if anybody thinks that you can correct technical issues in a test, <laughs> you know, I mean, I think that pretty much summed out how stupid that comment was. Yeah. You know, they... they they, they, they selected him again because of technical issues with the guys that they picked instead of him. <laughs> you know, the technical issues where they can't bowl. So that, that, that was the problem. Um, you know, look, Glenn Maxwell might develop into um, a reasonable off spinner, but he's still learning how to bowl. He, he's not, you know, he's not there yet. Mm -hmm. um, but, 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 you know, Farwad will be playing for Australia this year. Um, uh, and, you know, whether it's the first test against England or just next summer in Australia, he will be playing for Australia. And then when you look at Fawad Ahmed and Nathan Lyon, then I think you've got some pretty, you know, um, seasoned wicket-takers there. And then that will allow um, the, the younger guys, the guys that are sort of in their 18, 1920s, that will allow them to come through at a, at a much more realistic pace. And hopefully that's where we'll manage them a little bit better because I think that the spin bowlers that were the generation younger than Shane and I, they've been burned in, in, in shield cricket by getting picked too early. Yeah. You know, you played in Big Bash 2012. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. do, you, do you consider your playing career over? And do you see yourself becoming a spinning spin bowling coach for Australia or for that matter, anybody else? I'll coach anybody, yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm happy doing that. I, I think um, one of the reasons why I think I'm probably qualified to do it is because, the, as I've said to you, the biggest thing, the, the biggest problem with, with people that coach spinners is that they, they mess them up. Mm -hmm. um, I can promise that I'm sort of working with the young spin bowlers in Australia now, so I think I don't know what they call me. I'm coaching at the Cricket Academy, the Centre of Excellence in, in Brisbane. Mm -hmm. um, but but um, the point is that, um, um, and I've promised them not to play for Australia, but I've promised them that nobody else is going to mess them up. So, uh -huh. um, you know, I think that's the biggest thing. Okay. All right. Um, thanks a lot for coming on the show, Stewie. Um, yeah, that's cool. Pleasure talking to you and good luck with uh, your work in the U.S. as well as with the Cricket Club. Yeah, yeah. I hope that everybody comes on the Cricket Club and subscribes to our YouTube channel because that would be very, very handy. Thank you very much.
<laughs> Thanks, Lovely. Uh, yeah. I've just got to tell you that the couch is very, very comfortable. Oh, cheers, mate. My <laughs> pleasure. <laughs> See you later, man. See you, man. Cheers. See ya. Oh, yes, they went down the ground. This could be six as well. It's a big end. It's a great Straight down the ground, almost into the dressing room. And that tells the story. What an innings this is. What are Eunice's being slaughtered? Couch Talk.